Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 155 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Jacob, welcome. Hello, how's it going? Another day in the daily grind. Another day, another dollar, uh, with smiles on our faces, as always. You know, I've been really, after our interview last week with Mary Jean, I've definitely been thinking about work and inevitable not work mm, that's and it's the, the best thing to think about it feels really far away oh who are you, who are you telling man jeez <laughs> that's true i'm older than you and you've been working for the county less time so that's like a double whammy against me there oh. less time yeah wouldn't that be worse if i worked for the county less time no because that means i'm going to be working here for way longer before i can retire like that oh. doesn't even make sense if you worked for the county longer, you get to leave sooner. No, it doesn't change the fact you can't retire till you're 55 mm. or 65 or whatever the heck it's going to be when we can, when it gets to be our time. It's going to be 72 by the time we're Don't over. say that, man. <laughs> Don't say it. I was actually going through my figures and retirement things uh, the other day to be like, well, let's just let's just take a peeksy and see if there's a chance I can get out a little early. Well, I, I myself was going over my investment, my mutual investment funds, and I was checking out my Roth. And I'm like, you know what, Jacob, you'll be okay. Well, Jacob, you should you should be saving. You, you this is a real this is a real thing. I know most people don't or can't. I was reading some crazy statistics about retirement, and mm-hmm. it looks like a lot of us are just going to work, and then one day we fall down dead, and then we done. Yeah. <laughs> so. We would like to give you financial <gasps> advice here, <laughs> but we do not have time. For that, that is right not something that we can do. And again, like you, pretty much like your job. Oh, I yeah. like my job. So at least we have that going. Yeah, I that's always positive. think of people who hate their job who then have to work till infinity, and that is way worse. Oh, that's rough. And then that makes it bad for everybody else because they're not happy to be there. And then the people around them are miserable because they're like, this guy's moping around. Yeah. But I'm really happy for Mary Jean. Absolutely. Um, They had a a little uh, shindig for her yesterday, a little going away. And you could tell that the people like legislators came out and board members and retirees and everybody was speaking. And the one thing, because, you know, you go to those events and you hear people mm-hmm. yammer on and this and that. But it, everybody was really genuine. And you could tell that they were truly moved by her. And I was like, what a great feeling to be like, I did a good job and people liked what I put out there. People liked me as a person and they are here because they actually want to honor me. So oh. that was really nice. It felt pretty good. It was fantastic. Not to mention that 20-minute video that somebody put together that brought the house down. I mean, Jacob just mentions that because his, his radio voice is in it. I, but I don't know. Um, I think, like I said, thinking about retirement and that it's really – hard for a lot of people to imagine their retirement. I Mm -hmm. mean, we get really, really accustomed to the daily grind and it can seem foreign to imagine a day when you no longer have to grapple with getting up to your alarm clock and trying to shove maybe some sort of food into your face and then maybe you have a really busy commute or long office hours. It is a lot. It is the majority of our life is spent working. Uh, yeah. It's just the get in the car, get on the thruway, get to work. Winter adds winter oh. adds a whole new element. And I think that people find inspiration in various ways um, to just kind of keep going. And movies are a perfect medium 
to explore all themes mm -hmm. in life and try to bring maybe lifestyle changes or things into a new light. Um, and so that is what we're going to talk about today because I just have retirement on the mind, even though this is my most hated quote from my dad is I think it's when he was retiring and he's just like, oh, it feels so good to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I was like, can I see the light at the end of the tunnel? And he was like, oh, you're not even in the tunnel yet. Oh, geez. And that sticks with me all the time. And I'm constantly wondering, like, am I... Am I in the tunnel at least yet? <laughs> like, is that a thing? So we wanted to talk about some movies and books today that reveal characters who are tough and resilient despite the hurdles that life throws at them upon retiring. And I think a lot of these tackle themes of um, mortality and relationships and health and purpose. And yeah, I think we're going to talk about some films that are maybe a must watch or books that are a must read if you are heading into the next stage of your life soon, or if you just want to pretend that you are, it might also help for that. Yeah. Uh, as, as you know with our show, they're all going to be wonderful choices that are going to make total sense in the context of our <laughs> yeah, show. That's it. that's it. I will never speak for Jacob, but I'm going to kick it off with one. Um, this is a pretty famous um, flick on Golden Pond from 1981. Oh, man, I do remember on Golden Pond. Of course. I mean, Catherine Hepburn, Henry Fonda, and Jane Fonda. Um, that's it. That's some huge names right there. They star in this film that follows a retired college professor who's grappling with mortality and family relationships. So we have Norman that's played by Henry Fonda, and he's this, like a really kind of testy retiree. He's living that retirement lifestyle in New England um, with his wife, Ethel, Catherine Hepburn. That's an old-fashioned name. There is a name you don't hear very often anymore. It's true, but it's one I like. And then when their um, her adult daughter Chelsea, who's Jane Fonda, pays a visit with her fiance and her teenage son on their way to a vacation in Europe, they kind of you know swing by visit <laughs> visit the parents. Um, and then Chelsea leaves her son behind and then returns from her vacation to attempt you know to work on her strained relationship with her father while there's you know still time. Still time, yeah. Um, it can be very moving. It can be an, an intense movie. It really offers hope that people can come home again, at least for a visit. You know, it, it kind of has that theme. I think that's a big issue for a lot of people. Oh, and absolutely. I think this is definitely kind of considered like that quintessential um, aging retirement sort of film. Oh, yeah. But because the powerhouse actors in it, I do recommend it for anyone to check it out. I mean, it's Catherine Hepburn and uh, Peter Fonda. Like, you cannot go wrong with those two guys. Like Henry. Oh, Henry, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda. Thank you. There's so many Fondas running around. I can't there's a lot of Fondas, and there's a lot you know of what? Fondas in the film as well. You know what? Better Fonda. So, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. So even better. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I remember it being like a very sweet and like relaxing movie to watch, but also, you know, sad because it's a retirement movie and all that. Well, retirement should be happy, but, you know, there's all those issues that go along with it, which is nice that the films address it. It helps us address them in our real lives. What do you got over there? All right. You know what? I'm going to go with probably one of my favorite retirement movies, quote mm. unquote. It's 1992's Best Picture winner, Unforgiven, starring Clint Eastwood. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a very interesting poll. I like that. Yeah. You know. Eastwood, say what you will about him in general, he's, a, he's an excellent director. He's always been very that is good true. at that. And this, I think, is probably his masterpiece yes. when it comes to everything that he's made. So 
Unforgiven, it's maybe a sequel to the, um, you know, Sergio Marconi movies that he mm-hmm. did. Um, they never really get into that. But it's about uh, ex-gunslinger William Money who decide, who gets roped into one last job when this kid comes and offers him a bounty on some uh, miners who cut up a prostitute in a random town Yikes. run by Gene Hackman. So he basically, to make money for his family because his hog farm is um, failing, he's like, all right, we're going to do one last job. So he goes and gets his buddy Morgan Freeman, and they head to this town that is run by Gene Hackman, and Richard Harris is involved in this, and man. Talk the, about powerhouse performances again. I mean, watching, I saw it recently, and I forgot how good of an actor Gene Hackman is because the last thing that he did was Welcome to Mooseport, and that is <laughs> all about a retired president, as a matter of fact. But not not as good. No. Jeez. <laughs> can, can you imagine that conversation, trying to make those two. Um, but if you're a fan of Westerns, if you just... Even like, if you're not a fan of Westerns, right. I want to add, because I don't consider myself a huge fan of westerns and mm-hmm. i love that movie it's so good the story goes everybody has a logical progression there's growth in everybody throughout the course of the movie the yeah. cinematography is fantastic it's one of those rare movies that you watch it and you're like okay yeah that it makes is funny sense. too because it is a retirement movie mm-hmm. yeah he's done he's yeah. out of the game i like that and everybody talks about how you used to be the best and now you're just doing this what happened to you and he's like oh i got old I mean, that's a whole other issue I hadn't thought about of like, we think of retirement as like, I can't wait to get there and to be done working. But there's definitely a sense of identity attached with your job. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's difficult for people to maybe feel like they're losing that a bit. Like, oh, who am I in this world now? Yeah. I mean, I was always this one thing. I've lived my life this whole one way and now it's not not that way anymore. And how do I deal with it? And do I want it back if I given the opportunity? So. Okay. Good choice. Go check it out. Everyone. I like it. All right, let's let's lighten this up. Um, this I was telling Andrew about my choices for this pod, and he literally he was like, "You're really pushing it with this one," which I disagree. So you let you let me know. All right. Um, I'm talking about 1985's Cocoon. Oh, Cocoon. <laughs> I mean, Man, if you're, there's <laughs> a there's a movie I haven't heard in a year of a dog's age. <laughs> if you're looking for a good laugh, I think Cocoon is the perfect retirement themed movie Man, for you. I my, I am flooding. Like, remember Donna Michi? Everybody kind of forgot about that guy. But there's a lot of people Wilford, that are, are Wilford Brimley and his mustache about? in there. Isn't um, what's his name? Gutenberg in this? Steve Gutenberg is in there. Wow. So Cocoon is a fantasy comedy tale of eternal youth. Um. I feel that younger generations have no idea what it is, and it used to be such a staple in our lives. Like, it was definitely a TBS movie, oh, like, t- all the time. TBS would play it like it was a Christmas story. Yeah, Just, it's true. Here's a bunch of Cocoon and Cocoon the Return. But it's really a heartwarming and gentle film. So Cocoon focuses on a group of elderly folks in a Florida retirement home who find themselves infused with youthful vigor, Um, After swimming in a pool Mm -hmm. that has alien cocoon pods that possess the power to restore youth and vitality. How are you not sold on that (laughs) immediately? But they do get into like some deeper ideas a little bit in this film. Like, do they choose eternal life or the acceptance of their own impending death? Probably the biggest, you know, moral issue in our entire existence. And this film touches on poignant issues of age, but in a lighthearted and comedic way, Cocoon stands up. I'm saying that Cocoon stands up and I still love it. I remember being a kid and being getting what I thought that movie was about totally wrong. 
I saw it. I saw it at Blockbuster, and I thought it was like a uh, like the fly because of the cover art, because it was all. Oh my evil gosh! Seeming. You thought all of these retirees were gonna turn into? I thought there was some, people. I thought there was some dark tales afoot when I watched it, and then I'm like, this is a sentimental <laughs> story about old people, and uh, oh boy, it was not what I expected. Still a good movie, though. You know, I haven't seen it in a while, and I I think it's a movie strangely that will feel different. If you watch it, you know, every 20 years you pick up Cocoon, you're going to see it in a different light. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, I should probably watch it again. It's been... I'm scared. been forever. I'm scared how it feels, but yeah, check it out. <laughs> you watch it and you find out that everybody in that movie is 42 years old or something. You're like, wow, um, everybody ages terribly. Years yeah, old. that's, as we know, I brought up before, but... I'll never get over my Cliff Clavin moment of watching Cheers and then being like, oh, I'm like six years older than Cliff Clavin oh. at this point in my life. And I was like, that's hitting me very, very hard. Not to get <laughs> off topic, but that, that does happen a lot a lot of time in like older shows. And you're like, that guy is younger than me. What do I look like? Like, What is happening yeah, right now? Yeah, I think aging is different now, though, because I feel like back then I'm like, I think people aged a little rougher. No. I think the oil of Olay has really improved yeah, over when you, the decades. When you discover moisturizer... And when you don't have people blowing cigarette smoke in your face, I mean the cigarettes. I think is big, and that they really were like, we've realized the importance of sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Please wear it every minute of your life. Has <laughs> helped a lot. But <laughs> keep away from the sun. It's evil. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm going to go with another older one for you. Okay. I'm going to go with 1993's Grumpy Old Men. Get some okay. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon action in here. I love. I love that movie. Oh, it's. I watched it recently. It still totally holds up. It's still a. Still a and lot again, of fun. that is another film. Those are great actors. Mm-hmm. Like the, just because it's like, oh, they're grumpy old men. It's like, no, these are these are peak performances or just peak actors throughout our history. I mean, who do, the bickering old man genre was a <laughs> thing for a long time, and Lemon and Mathau were like the stars of it. And this is, movie is exactly why. I mean, it was a story of two neighbors who have had a lifelong feud. And now they're just old men who are running pranks on each other <laughs> because a uh, Anne Margaret moves in next door, and they are both trying to get with her in their advanced age. So there's a get lo- with her. <laughs> there, there's a love triangle. There's Walter Matthau. We got Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon is one of my all-time favorites. See, I was a Matthau guy. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Ma- Everyone has their person. Speaking of looking old for their entire life, Walter Matthau. There's a dude who back reverse Benjamin buttoned. Like, Correct. He got stuck at 75 years old when he was like 24. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, but Grumpy Old Men and the sequel Grumpy Old Men, they're just a good time, man. Throw that movie on like on Thanksgiving and just have it in the background and just watch some hijinks. Who doesn't like dropping snow on people's heads in the middle of winter? I know I do. It's nice to think that you the one benefit that comes with aging is that you are allowed to be grumpy and do these things and people judge you less. I can't wait. It's going to be Ready the best. to embrace. <laughs> the, the pranks I am going to run on Michelle when we are old is going to be just... Fantastic. It is. I do not recommend that. Um, I'm going to throw a couple books out there that I think are great. The first one is A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. Okay. I love this book so much. So Uva is this ill-tempered, isolated retiree who spends his days enforcing block association rules. Mm. Like he, anyone that moves in the neighborhood, they instantly hate Uva. And he's visiting his wife's grave. That's a really big part of his life. He's really lost um, since his wife passed. Um, and, you know, not not to give too much away because it's such a great character development book. Um, but he's really kind of given up on life, which 
you know, and he's really maybe heading down that path of being like, I've decided to not be alive anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm miserable. My wife is gone. And it's about an unlikely friendship that develops with these boisterous new neighbors that move in, which are people that Uva mm-hmm. would have no time for and no patience for. Um, but it's just about like opening up in a whole new chapter in your life and kind of accepting the old age and the differences of younger people. It's a beautiful story. I loved I loved this book. I loved Uva for a character. It's kind of like a grumpy old man, but you still love them. I loved reading about him, and you really root for him in the book. As long as he remains a grumpy old man and doesn't turn into a curmudgeonly old man, I am all about it. Let's check it out. It's a great book. And then this other one is called The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window and Disappeared. <laughs> okay, that's a long title, so what's it about? This was a silly book. I also enjoyed it. Um, it was originally published in Swedish, and this no- novel follows the life um, and adventures of a centenarian, if you didn't get that Nailed from it. the That's a title word, of the man. book. Um, so Alan, who decides to escape from the retirement home that he lives in on his 100th birthday to go on one last adventure. More power to you, dude. So he literally climbed out the window and disappeared. And in the process, he manages to upset and I'll just say incapacitate a local gang member. And now, meanwhile, the police inspector, they've been assigned to track him down because, A, he's this missing retiree, and also in light of this missing gang member. They're like, what is going on? And as the novel progresses, it recounts his epic life story, and it, it has, like, that Forrest Gump feel to it, like, you know, when he met President Truman and Oppenheimer and Mao Zedong and Stalin and Kim Il-jong and the list goes on and on. So it's really, really funny. Um, It's a super entertaining novel. It's part kind of satirical police procedure and part irreverent tour of modern world history, I would say. But the final theme and idea is it kind of decides that it's not too late to start over. And if this 100-year-old man can do it, hey, what's your excuse? I like the idea that he gets into, like, fights with good gang members. There's, like, some falling down stuff going it's, on it's, in that It's one. very, very silly, but it's really – it's definitely a cute book. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check that one out, man. That looks, <laughs> sounds like kind of a kind of a fun tale there. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with a movie that I know you are a fan of. Mm. Um with the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Okay. The first, I think there was a sequel. I don't remember what the second one was called. The very I think it's best. like the super best, extra best, they had still some, a hotel. It had some ridiculous like qualifier on it, which was a little weird. I know that when I am a retiree, I want to go to that hotel. I mean, you tell, tell me you want to go to a retirement hotel in India? Yes. All about it. Yes. Um, so it's a 2011 movie, and basically, Michelle basically summed it up for you. A group of British <laughs> retirees moved to a retirement hotel in India run by the eager Sonny, played by Dev Patel. And his hair. It's not as beautiful as his hair can be, but... No, he, he toned it down because he didn't <laughs> want to take a, take the luster off of his cast. It's I mean, true. Hard to take luster off Helen Mirren, though. Oh, boo, who are you telling, man? There's a discussion <laughs> we were having off the off thing. We can't even get into it right now. Um, but yeah, Helen, like Judy Dench, Bill Nighy, Maggie Smith, Tom Wilkinson... So many of your favorite older British actors, and they yes. are, it's just such a sweet, sentimental, and sad movie. At Better the same than time. you'd think it would be. It is. It's one of those ones that 
like if your parents recommended watching it one day, you would be like, Ugh, I don't want to watch this <laughs> yeah. movie. And then like 45 minutes in, you're like, yeah, you know what? It's all right. I'm not going to. Jacob, I can't believe you don't watch that and then actually start saving better for your retirement because the only way you get to go to the Indian Hotel is if you've saved up some money for your retirement. Oh, I'm saving money for my oh, retirement. Okay. I got like five revenue streams coming in, Michelle. Okay. I'd, I'd worry about you. I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> that's, I, that's why I'm throwing out Roth IRAs and stuff. You got to get on that, people. Okay. And you know what? Down at the library, we have books on just this matter. It's saving for your retirement. So you're, stop on You're by. so good at what you do. You can never retire. <laughs> But yeah, um, that's a good movie. I didn't see the second one. Is it worth it? Did you see it? I didn't see the second one either. Yeah. It's, it's the same problem. It's like I saw the first one You're because like, somebody recommended. Yeah. And then I'm like, mm, I don't really want to watch a second one. I got the idea. Apparently the hotel's in trouble or something. Um, that's apparently what's going on in the second movie. Any movie that does well and they're like, must make sequel. Yeah, pretty much. But um, Yeah, definitely check that out, though. That's a good call. And speaking of Helen Mirren, you know what? Watch 2010's Red. The Bruce Willis, Morgan oh, Freeman, John Malkovich movie. It Are is... they all retired? Oh, yeah. They're all. Is see, this a one last job movie? Kind of not really. So okay. what it stands for, red stands for retired, extremely dangerous. <laughs> so it's, oh, brother. it stars Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Malkovich, Helen Mirren, Carl Urban, Mary Louise Parker are in there. So pretty good cast. And basically, Bruce Willis is a bored, retired CIA hitman who one day the CIA sends a bunch of people to kill for reasons that he wants to find out why. So he goes and gets his retirement check claim adjuster, played by Mary Louise Parker, who he's having a phone crush with. And he starts getting some of his old team together to try to find out who's trying to kill all these old hitmen. Oh, boy. It is a stupid, fun, like... It sounds like a Jacob movie. Action movie. It is. It's a lot of fun. Bruce Willis is actually trying, so you know... That you know, <laughs> there's actually that doesn't like, happen a lot. Yeah, there's something behind it because nowadays he could not be paid to care. And they, no. <laughs> That's um, true. But yeah, Red is very fun. They, they ended, it was, did so good they made a sequel, Red Two, which is not as good, but always fine to go check out the first one. Go figure it there. Okay, here's a movie that I think we both enjoy. Uh, 2002's About Schmidt. Oh, about Schmidt. Did you like that movie? I did like that movie. I did not care for the hot tub scene as much. But oh, I stop. I love the hot tub scene. So this explores the new life um, or the life of a new retiree is living a very deeply uninspiring life. And that is Warren Schmidt, who's played by Jack Nicholson. Oh, miss Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I know. He's a senior citizen facing this like a, okay, a confluence of events, we'll say, after spending this banal lifetime working as an actuary at the Woodman of the World Insurance Company, he's finally retired, and he's feeling super lost about it, like we said. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? What is my purpose? Um, he has really, like, no intellectual curiosity. Um, and then to compound this dilemma, his wife of 42 years has died suddenly, and his only daughter... Jeannie, I think, who's played by Hope Davis, is about to marry this waterbed salesman oh. who Jack Nicholson hates and thinks he's a total buffoon and a fraud. Um, yeah, so his life is wretched, and it seems to him is getting more and more wretched. So to salvage what is left, he takes a trip in his recently purchased Winnebago um, to sabotage his daughter's marriage. Nice. Because he's like, I don't want this to happen. And this trip takes him to the places of his past where he will kind of discover this slow developing like hunger 
um, a desire to start living now that time is almost gone. So, you know, of like going from I don't know what my purpose is to being like, what does it matter? I need to like yeah, I gotta do live something. my life. I can find something. Um, and as Jacob said, he didn't appreciate the hot tub scene. It's amazing because Kathy Bates is in the film and she actually does like a skinny dip in the hot tub. And I will give any woman that age props for, you know, derobing in front of the camera and just being like, this is what I look like. And this is what we all need to accept and understand. I thought that was fantastic. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be doing it if I was like uh, her age. I'm like, I am not doing I mean, I wouldn't even do it scene. now. And she did it then. And she was like, I don't care. Well, yeah. This I is guess what it... I look like. I'm a human being. So I was like, wow, Kathy. She's like, I'm getting that Academy Award in this Dang, season. Dang, girl. You know, I saw a review for this film back when it came out in 2002 by Roger Ebert that I, I really liked where he said that most teenagers would probably not be drawn to this movie. Which is true. But they should attend. Let it be a lesson to them. If they define their lives only in terms of a good job, a good paycheck, and a comfortable suburban existence, they could end up like Schmidt, dead in the water. Yeah, you know, and you don't want to do that. No, no and, and that's I think that's like a huge point of, you, you know, you think you've got all your ducks in a row and that you're doing it correctly, but that life is so much more than that and that you should really start to consider those things before you retire um it definitely seemed like when we talked to mary jean i was like oh she's got a plan like she's gonna travel she's got a lot of things that she wants to do and that's what's important is to kind of figure out definitely who you are outside of work before you're done working yeah you mean guys work's not your life it's not who you are it's not what you are it's just something that you do for the 40 years of your life. Yeah, for most. Yeah, for most of your life, lie. they kind of make you do it. So oh, stop. Do, don't define yourself by that. Find, find like other goals and be your sad. own person. All right, why don't you do one more, and then I'm going to just list a couple more books that uh, I really like. Yeah, do a, do a quick one here. Uh, you know what? Let's go with 2019's a new one, The Irishman, the big Netflix oh, opus. That, that is interesting. That does fit into retirement. Yeah, so it's the story of... What was the guy's name? Well, we'll just call him the Irishman. Uh, Frank Sherman, or Frank Shireen. I'm sorry, not Sherman. Well, we can just say Robert De Niro. <sighs> yeah, we could. Probably should. We could do it for everybody else. So it's basically the story of how he went from being a truck driver to a mafia hitman to involved with union work, and then eventually to being a retired old man that nobody wants to talk to. All and talk the... about someone who really didn't know what to do with themselves then. Oh, there absolutely. There was the such last, sadness in that. Holy last cow. Last 45 minutes of that movie. Whoa. Just like it's just a descent into some. In the last forty-five minutes is attached to the first seven forty-five minutes, or however long it's so long. Bring a snack <laughs> and plan a plan a bathroom break about halfway through this one because it is long. Yeah, but it is an excellent movie. It's Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino. Come on, like you're really picking the excellent cast films. That's what I'm going for. I'm I'm trying to make it. Uh, I'm trying to class it up a bit for you. But that's just it. It's like these actors that have had their whole life to perform, and now that they're older and in films about older people and retirees, like, yeah, of course they're great. They have been acting for 40, 50 years. You want to hear something depressing? Oh, no. We're going to end up with, like, Zac Efron and Megan (laughs) Fox doing these movies when we're, like, 60 years old. Stop it. That is not true. We're going to end up with Saoirse Ronan, who's fantastic. There's Timothy Chalamet. There are a lot of young people that are putting out great performances. 
put those two in a movie and then d- um, dare somebody to say the cast list like five times fast. They won't, yeah. be, they won't be able to do it. That is true. Um, but go check that one out. Um, Logan, Gran Torino, even John Wick. These are all retirement movies. John Wick's really pushing it, but okay. Hey, I get he, what you're he saying. He was retired mm-hmm. until Theon had to go and kill his dog. I get That's it. That's all I'm saying. Um, two more books. This book is, I, I truly adore this book. It's The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Mm. Oh, it's so, it's just really lovely. So Harold Fry recently retired. He lives in a small English village with his wife, Maureen, who seems super irritated by almost everything he does his entire existence even down to the way he butters his toast she doesn't like this is the future of marriage they've been living together for a long time um and like you know little differentiates one day from the next his retirement life he's He's kind of bored with it. It's just like Groundhog Day. And then one morning the mail arrives, and within the stack of letters um, addressed to Harold is this shaky scrawl from a woman that he hasn't heard from or seen in 20 years. And he's going to, you know, mail a reply to her. Um, But before he does, there's kind of a chance encounter that convinces him that he must absolutely deliver this message to his old friend Queenie, in person. Um, So he's got his little yachting shoes on and he has a light coat and he just embarks on this urgent quest. He doesn't tell his wife. He opens the door. He walks out and he just keeps walking. He is determined to walk 600 miles to the hospice um, that Queenie is in and he kind of gets this mindset that he feels that so long as he keeps walking, she will keep living. That Mm. is the book and... Like I said, this book about a retiree walking, I love it. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was very, very moving. Um, definitely up there in, you know, it sounds say like my a, top favorite 50 books. It sounds very sweet. Very, like... It is. It's just really well well written. It's an excellent story. I highly recommend. And then I'm just going to throw this one I just read. It's very cute. It's called The Thursday Murder Club. Thursday, I like this. By Richard Osman. So what it is, is there's like a peaceful retirement village and there are four unlikely friends who are all like in their 70s and 80s and they meet weekly in the jigsaw room oh, to discuss. Did they want to play a game? They want to discuss <laughs> unsolved crimes. Oh, um, and that's what they do. So they get like police reports and they try to solve them together. They call themselves the Thursday Murder Club. Um, but then when a local developer is found dead... And there's a mysterious photograph left next to his body. The Thursday Murder Club kind of find themselves in the middle of their first live case. Um, they're hilarious. They're really good at, at kind of, you know, dissecting information and figuring things out. It's a very cute book. You just basically nailed the plot of Saw 10 or whatever. <laughs> that is That sounds like a great Saw movie, to be honest with you. I'm surprised this is not a film. I am, I would too, actually, just that description. I could see it becoming one for sure. And that a lot of, you know, Hollywood's A-list older... I mean, Helen Mirren will be in this movie 100%. A- HBO Max. Man, I actually pictured her as, as one of the characters. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. Get more Helen... Get Helen Mirren in all the movies. We need some sophisticated British ladies rocking yes, around. Yes, definitely. In like their late 70s. But like, like a lot of our retirees out there... We're running out of time, Jacob. So why don't you? That's a Jacob. That's brutal, Michelle. Jeez. Just plug us up. So if you are 
preparing to shuffle off this mortal coil and are looking for ways to make your day be better, why don't you stop on by your local library? We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Stop on by, say hi. We'll be able to uh, show you some books on whatever you're looking to do. We also uh, have a website. Check that out at www.buffalolib.org. You would use the internet that's on the computers. for <laughs> Stop it. Stop <laughs> it right now. You're terrible. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at uh, All Booked Up Pod. And let us know what you are watching as you are retired. Let us know when you're going to retire, if you're ever going to retire, and how sad you are. Did you know that many consider the standard retirement age to be 65? Mm-hmm. That's pretty known. But one of the key influences and arriving at that age was Germany. So the initial retirement age was set to 70. They lowered it to 65, and then people seemed to follow that. Hmm. So thanks, Germany, for at least cutting off five years of our working existence. Overall, you're still in the red, but you're you're working your way towards the black a little bit, Germany. (laughs) So here's another crazy fact. Every day between now and the end of the next decade, Another 10,000 baby boomers are expected to turn 65. That's roughly one person every eight seconds. Nice. So what you're saying is things are getting better all What the time. I'm saying is there's not enough people to probably take care of all these people, but Whoa. that's a whole other episode there. Um, Ernest Eckerman. This is the first person to receive a Social Security benefit. Oh, so he was number one. (laughs) Number one. In March of 1937, the Cleveland Streetcar Motorman received a one-time lump sum payment of 17 cents. (laughs) Ackerman worked one day under Social Security before he was done. He earned $5 for the day. He paid a nickel in payroll taxes. So his lump sum payout was equal to 3.5% of his wages. So, I mean, don't spend it all in one place, guy. (laughs) Sorry, Ernest. You know what? 17 cents back in the 30s, he probably bought like a five-story mansion (laughs) in Manhattan or something like that. I'm not sure about that. But okay, Jacob, who has the largest percentage um, of its population is senior citizens. What state? Uh, Nebraska. What? He's the first one. It's I Florida. I feel like that's obviously very well known. <laughs> well, but I didn't want to answer it, right? They have a 17.3% of their population is senior citizens. But what's interesting, and this surprised me, is that the next up with the highest proportion of seniors is Pennsylvania. Really? At 15.4%. Yeah, and then that's followed by West Virginia at 16%. I don't know why, but I found that interesting. And my final statistic, of course, is a sad one because I always like to end it on a low note. We try to like, get you out blue and depressed, everybody. Only 25% of Americans say that they don't expect to work after retirement. That's rough, man. I mean, to be fair, some retirees work because they want to. Sure. That is a thing, but studies have shown that Um, I mean, part-time employment can help keep retirees active and decrease boredom um, and depression. However, there are way too many retirees who work into their 70s or 80s simply because they need the money. This is something that countrywide really needs to be addressed at some point, especially as, you know, people live longer. They're hanging around more. So Remember, everybody, that's going to be you one day, so it probably is in your own best interest to bump those benefits up. And it's going to be you, so please be nice to old people. I really don't like. Stop getting impatient with them. That's going to be you, everybody. Take it slow. But thank you so much for listening, and since we are nowhere near retirement, (laughs) we will catch you next time. Bye.